Hey everybody, it's your old friend John DeLuna with another episode of the RFC Minicast, your snack size Transformers podcast with me this week. The great, the wise and powerful XV. XV, how are you doing, sir? Apparently I'm wise and powerful, thank you. Yes, much like uh, like uh, the wizard. Yes, uh, yes, I am the wiz. Ah, okay. Oh, you're the wiz, not the wizard. So specifically, you're the 80s uh, African-American take on the Wizard of Oz. You're that wiz. I was thinking more of the Seinfeld reference, but Okay, sure. sure. Either one is probably better than the original. Um, this week, we've got a juicy topic. Um, and by the time you guys hear this recording, uh, the Play With This 2 Kickstarter for their um, first line, uh, of action figures, the Lost Protectors. Their Kickstarter will probably be about halfway through. There'll be about two weeks, uh, two weeks or so uh, left on the Kickstarter by the time you listen to this recording. So it's perfect timing, um, right in the middle of that Kickstarter, for XV and I to kind of give our opinions and our analysis and our our honest takes on the Kickstarter as it's constructed, as it's priced out, just just the whole the whole shebang. Don't you agree, XV? Yeah, I think so. And uh, real quick, before we get into our opinions, so in case uh, in case you've been living under a rock for two weeks and uh, this Kickstarter is new to you, just a really super, super quick summary before we dive in. Uh, Play With This 2 is kind of different from other independent toy makers that are all the rage these days, basically just because Play With This 2, uh, according to the Kickstarter site, they're a company formed by toy industry professionals with years of experience, uh, and their collective experience includes work at Hasbro, Mattel, Diamond, Marvel, and IDW. Uh, three of those individuals you've heard in interviews on the RFC Network, uh, Trent Troop, Rick Alvarez, and uh, Aaron Archer. Uh, those, all those guys have been all over the internet kind of promoting their stuff. Um, of course, Aaron Archer, specifically, he was at one point basically the head of all things Transformers at Hasbro. Uh, now he's uh, kind of doing this on the on the side, or this is kind of his most public uh, work to date. So that makes play with this too different from the other indies. Uh, they're also obviously domestically based, so they've got a little bit of a different kind of feel. Um, and the Lost Protectors toy line that this Kickstarter is for, uh, it is a six-inch toy line of highly articulated action figures, uh, these figures are sculpted in great detail by also experienced industry uh, sculptors and artists. So, uh, hey, XV, real quick, like the first thing, like I wanted to ask you and kind of get your take on is when, when the Lost Protectors first kind of hit the internet and we saw like the first drawings and and the first visuals of it. It was very clearly. Um, uh, let's not pretend here. That uh, it was uh, clearly inspired by a line uh, in the late '80s, perhaps within the Transformers uh, family. Do you feel like um, at this point it's still it's still that, or do you think all the different references they've kind of stacked on top of that idea have kind of turned it into something else? I kind of think when they launched this, they were doing what a lot of the what we'll call independent manufacturers have been doing for several years, which is to piggyback on Transformers IP and ideas in order to gain popular interest quickly and then expand out from there into other avenues. I I don't think, I really doubt the intent of this was ever to be specifically a Transformers referential line. 
And, you know, while they're getting more referential stuff from other toy lines into it, I would kind of like to see more of their originality to it. Yeah, and I like the... I like the original ideas. Honestly, the, the further it gets away from what we thought it was um, going to be, the more interested I find myself being. Because they're, they're, the original elements that are here and there and the things that are not necessarily tied to referencing Transformers, per se, those are pretty interesting. I, I mean, don't you think? I mean, I mean, there's something there. Yeah, there, there's a wide variety of stuff they're touching on, and it shows... Uh, a versatility above any, everything else, which I think is really important for keeping a long-running line, hopefully, for them. Um, I mean, if you look at... Uh, I think the closest analogy to what Play With This 2 is doing would be Masters of the Universe Classics, where there's a common base body style and everything's built around that. And as long as they have you know, new ideas and can keep mixing things up, they, could, they can push this without a whole ton of new investment for quite a while. Yeah, I agree, and I think I think that's a great uh, a great comparison too because the first uh, the first prototype that they really marketed and showed heavily on the internet, uh, the Desolator, um, he brings a uh, he puts a grin on my skull if if you don't mind me <laughs> saying, but but every time they when they compare him to a, a classics Masters of the Universe character, they kind of put him side by side. It's for scaling purposes, but it also that. That comparison shot has made me associate this line with specifically classics, Masters of the Universe, almost more mm-hmm. so than Transformers. It feels like spiritually closer to that than Transformers. Yeah, I think so. And like, I, I really think that's kind of what they've been going for from the start. And they needed to use the popular imagery just to get some traction on it. But like everything I see, it's really more in the spirit of masters of the universe especially as you get out of like the core stuff masters of the universe has and into the really out there off the wall stuff uh from the later parts of the original line agreed agreed so so that's the rundown on what you're basically funding on the kickstarter let's get into the kickstarter itself so okay so real quick again before we start uh, analyzing, here's kind of the gist. <clears throat> and uh, XV, by all means, once I'm done with this, if I've missed anything that's of particular interest to you, uh, feel free to bring it up or, or, or kind of focus in on it if you've got a point uh, related to it. But uh, this is a uh, quite a beefy uh, Kickstarter. There are officially 16 pledge levels um, all the way from a $15 entry pledge all the way up to... $955 if you're an international <coughs> pledger. Uh, that's tier 16, level 16. So real quick, level one is a $15 button. Uh, I guess to just show your support. So 15 bucks. No toy, just a button. Uh, level two, t-shirt for 25 bucks. Okay. Level three, uh, an art artwork print. Uh, and uh, just to keep it simple, I'll quote the domestic prices and the international prices are slightly more. Um, the tier three is uh, art prints for thirty bucks. Uh, level four, tier four, uh, that is the first level where you can get a, a toy. Uh, Fifty-five dollars for bloodbath. Uh, bloodbath is um, uh, he'll remind you of um, oh I don't know uh, <clears throat> a certain. A certain 
a certain transformer maybe pretending to be uh, something else. Uh, that's uh, definitely he definitely harkens back to uh, to a transformer. Uh, level five Desolator, which uh, is uh, again, you know, a very <coughs> uh, a very familiar uh, grinning uh, dude with a, a skull head. Uh, so uh, level five is a, another character, second character. Both those levels are fifty five dollars. So Bloodbath and Desolator, each fifty five dollars. Uh, you can apparently combine those if you want both of those um, uh, figures. You can stack these uh, levels together, add them up. Uh, level six is when you start to get into uh, packages. Uh, level six is um, okay. Let me see if I can pronounce this right. Castro uh, Catastrophellus. Does that sound right? Catastrophellus. It's a re. It's like a. It's an off. It's an alternate coloring. Of Desolator, you get that and Desolator for a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Level seven, Bite Mark and Desolator. Bite Mark is an alternate color of Bloodbath. Uh, you get that for a hundred dollars. Uh, level eight is one hundred and fifty dollars. It's a combination of three of the figures that we've talked about. And when you go to the Kickstarter page, you'll see all of this. It's more visual, maybe not so podcast friendly. <laughs> uh, level nine <clears throat> is another uh, combination of three of those characters. Um, I think it's got a little extra, it's got some extra goodies in it, which bumps it up to $200. Level 10 is a five pack. That's $250. Level 11 is at 10 desolators. I don't know. I, I guess that's for wholesalers. Maybe I have no idea. It's 450 bucks. <laughs> Level 12, uh, another like 10 of the alternate color of desolator, the, uh, catastra, the catastrophe. Uh, I'll say that just, a character. Four hundred fifty bucks. Castrophiles. Castrophiles. That sounds awesome, and that also sounds correct. Um, yeah, and then thirteen and fourteen are also like these like cases of single characters. So uh, level thirteen is Bite Mark for four hundred fifty bucks. Level fourteen is Bloodbath for four hundred fifty bucks. Again, it's essentially like a case of those figures. Uh, and then level fifteen and sixteen are the uh, the big giant kind of catch all tiers where if you want like everything that they're offering, everything. Um, level 15 is $765. Level 16, a clean $900. But again, if you're an international buyer, it goes up to $955. XV, I am exhausted just going through the levels. So <laughs> there, there is one more, too, because um, what you're reading from is the list of everything so that when you make your – when you do your backing, mm-hmm. uh, some of the levels let you select – to um, add more money on top of that without going to a different backing level and acquired extra figures. Uh, on the Kickstarter page itself, there is one more level at $1,600. You can get you can be one of two people who can get the Desolator hard copy. Okay. Uh, thank you for that. Um, that... That's, ne- that's an extra $40 for international shipping. Oh, oh okay. Oh, they're not going to... They're not going to do you a solid. I, I, you know, just eat that. Uh, anyway, okay. I'm gonna. I again. I'm exhausted just going through the the levels. Why don't you kick off the analysis of this monstrous Kickstarter uh, with your thoughts? You know, I think they really could have simplified some of these backing levels a little bit, just for one thing, because like they have separate backing levels for different individual figures. Um, where I think they could have just as easily set it up. Uh, did you 
did you contribute to uh, Trent Troop's uh, BMOG Kickstarter? I did. I was one of the backers, yes. Uh, so, you know, uh, at the end of that, they sent out uh, survey questions uh, so you could choose uh, from the... You could uh, vote for the exclusive color, update your information. They could do something similar with this. You know, have one $55 pledge level and, um, you know, when it's done, they send the survey out and ask you which figure from this level you want and compile that data. You know, they could streamline about half of their options off of here just by doing that and make it a little bit more clear how everything works. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, you can do the same thing um, that they're trying to do anyway. You know, you pledge at that level and then you have the option to add... Uh, that amount again to get two figures or whatever in whatever combination you want. So I think I think it just it needs a little bit more streamlining, a little more uh, internal organization, I guess. You know, it needs a little more organization on their end at the end of the campaign, so they can actually collect all data and sort through it. And you know, when you're doing the Kickstarter, you can pick you know this, this level's this price, this level's this price, there's not multiple at the same price, which could get confusing for people who aren't used to how Kickstarter works. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think, uh, I think just as how, just how it's laid out is intimidating and there, you know, there's some repetition in there. And so it's, there's a little bit of, uh, yes, there's confusion there and it's just, it's just intimidating. I mean, you just look at it and you're like, wow, 16 plus pledge levels my gosh and then there's one that's four figures <clears throat> well to the four figures yeah that is that's kind of where i want to take like my my take on it so i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to give you the uh, i'm going to give everybody who's listening the um the standard disclaimer i am very respectful of the work that uh, that this team puts forth and i do like some of their designs and, and you know i like their concepts and yada 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 so i don't want this to come off as um it's kind of like disrespectful to the to the work that they're putting forward, um, and I admittedly have bought a third party transformer or two, so I'm not gonna be too harsh. But I'm speaking strictly on like the Kickstarter. I this is where I struggle with kind of proper valuation of this kind of work. So th- when I looked at this Kickstarter. It really hit me in the face that one, I have no idea like what is a fair price for funding uh, this kind of uh, initiative. I have no idea, and two, it's it's really confusing for me, just as a consumer, to look at like level four where there's like a fifty dollar figure, and then <clears throat> I kind of like almost like lose track of my internal sense of value by the time I get to level 10 where there's like, you know, there's a five pack, it's 250 bucks. Does that like, it multiplies out about right. That kind of makes sense. But you know, they're throwing t-shirts and buttons and also like art prints and, and random stuff at me that I may not even like want, you know? And it's, um, and and I don't even know, like, you know, I, I just don't know what fair is fair, and I don't even know if Kickstarter is about that. It, it may even be just kind of like, well, you know, you can, you're free to support it or not, you know what I mean? It's not really kind of about, like, giving us, giving you a fair deal. It's kind of like, do you like the idea or not, and here's the money we need, and it's mm-hmm. your choice whether or not you want to cough it up. Um, 
I just feel like when I look at this, when I look at this Kickstarter, I just feel like it's, it's out of control. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just feel like, I just feel like it's just hard to get a handle on kind of what we're going for. The other thing too, that I would bring up is that if you go to their Kickstarter page at launch, they had stretch goals all the way up to $420,000 in funding. Um, kind of lined out that if the Kickstarter surges past uh, 80 grand, which I think is the original goal, if it surges to $420,000, they know what they're going to do. So it's, it's just intimidating when I look at it. It's just, it's just, it's just a lot. It's like drinking from a, from a fire hose. You know what I mean? It's like trying to drink water from a fire hose. It's I can't, cannot process it. So I totally agree with you kind of wanting to go to maybe simpler and kind of like a less is more, at least certainly when you outline, like, what am I paying for? Well, and on that subject, too, I think I think one issue this is going to come up against, and I, I want to be clear, you know, we're recording this within the first, uh, like, 36 or 48 hours of Kickstarter is live, and they're already over a quarter of the way to their initial goal. So, I mean... There are definitely people interested, and I think they have a good chance of making at least their base goal before the uh, collection period is over. But, like, one thing that's really a tripping point for me is it feels like you have to go too high before you get um, a material reward in the spirit of the campaign, which is to say you have to go up to $55 pledge to get a toy out of it. Um, Now... I'm not necessarily interested in a t-shirt based on the company or the property and I don't really have use for a button even though if it even if it is elegantly glow in the dark. I love glow in the dark things. Um you know, I think you know they got the uh, the tech drone partner figures with these. I think they really could have uh stood to have a lower tier pledge level uh you know, maybe $20 and you get a tech drone figure. It might still seem a little high, but it's more approachable, and you get something like tangible out of it. That it, it still is to do with the toy line. Like you could get that, and then later when this is actually being sold at retail, get one of the figures, give a little extra tech drone to go with it. You you get something to put back into it later. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. Do you think when you look at this Kickstarter? I know I know Kickstarters. Uh, I think a lot of Kickstarters are kind of a slave to Kickstarters that came before it. And so things like t-shirts and, and, and tchotchke stuff have become kind of a Kickstarter tradition for better or worse. Do you think like for, for this project, especially that is, I mean, you kind of hinted at it, but do you think that's kind of a waste of time is, is probably too harsh, but it is unnecessary. I, I think it's a misstep. I think that's a fair way to describe it. Um, you know, I think they want a lower entry level thing where you can have something to have and hold and like have for yourself proof that you were involved in this, even if you can't afford to uh, get in on the early figure delivery. But I think it's in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I, and you're right. It is interesting that it's it's level four before we get to the toys. Now, based on... now. Based on that, I know, again, it's really hard, especially in a world where third-party stuff has been going strong for several years now. It's really hard to kind of, in your head, resolve what's a fair price for a a quote-unquote independent toy. Um, What's your gut reaction or or what's your your feel on that $55 level for 
for the 4A single um, Lost Protectors toy. You know, what I'm thinking is that Kickstarters like this usually will offer these things at a lower price than what the retail will be because they're they're releasing them to you closer to their own costs to make this happen and you don't have to factor in retailer markup. I think these are going to be even more expensive when they go to retail and while I understand um, what's obviously going to be a low volume production at least initially of a large complicated action figure is going to be expensive, I think... I think there is definitely a risk that they are going to price themselves out of their market. So you think you think this like, say, say the Kickstarter is fifty five and the retail may be seventy five, eighty five. Who knows? You think I that's was even thinking as low as sixty five, but yeah, yeah, well, uh, yeah. Even even fifty five itself is is probably pricing a few, certainly a, a casual buyer out of it. So you do think that's that's dangerously high. I think that is going to be a barrier for them in getting, um, but as far as whether it's going to affect the Kickstarter in the long term, I can't really say. But when these go to retail, I think that's going to be something that is it's going to get in their way towards the the retail success they're hoping for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can see that. Um, uh, I can definitely see that, especially because again, you know. This is it, it's hard to it's hard to just resolve what is a fair price. Um, this kind of bring to bring it back full, full circle though a little bit is the idea that these are really spiritually close to Masters of the Universe, classics, Masters of the Universe. Mm-hmm. Um, because of that, you know, there's a certain there's a certain value assigned to those, um, and you know, they're, they're certainly not a hundred dollars or, or fifty to a hundred dollars. Like they're they're some, they're more of they're thought of as more of like a special run of a standard action figure. I think these are mm-hmm. these are closer to that. They're they're a nice, uh, well executed. Um, at least we hope so, or you know we expect a well executed action figure. That's something that's different from a transformer. I think there's a different kind of pay expectation for your standard action figure versus a transforming robot. Don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, Masters of the Universe, if I recall correctly, are around $30. And, of course, you know, that's with Mattel's uh, manufacturing power behind them and a higher volume of production. Um, but at the same time, like, keeping those factors in mind, your expectation based on what Masters of the Universe Classics has done is that these... I would I was expecting the Kickstarter price on these to be around $45. So it was kind of a shock when they were so much closer to sixty. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, kind of uh, going further on that uh, that line of discussion, do you think? So saying saying or assuming that the world kind of comes to see this more as uh, an action figure line, um, something that's not so much Transformers related. It, it may have some cues from Transformers, but at the end of the day, it is more more Masters of the Universe than anything. Considering that target market and how well that Classics Masters of the Universe does now or doesn't do now, do you think that from a business standpoint, that was a smart, just strictly from a business standpoint, that was a smart way to go? Or do you think that they should have maybe held a little bit closer to the Transformers idea? I'm not even sure it's really about uh, which side of the fence it goes to. I think, I think if you want to assume they use Masters of the Universe as like a blueprint for how the marketing of something like this could work. You know, the the 
the the technical level of it may match, but there's also that Masters of the Universe is an established thing with a fan base that's surprisingly diehard, and that's driving some of its selling power. This needs time to prove itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and since most of the like they're running with, I believe two different uh, overall sculpts for the Kickstarter with several recolors in between them and uh, subsequent toolings are not going to be unlocked until well high into the stretch goals Um, I think the uh, $420,000 one you mentioned was actually the last two figure designs uh, also based on some pretenders Um, but I I think aiming to start with just two base figures is probably a better move just to test the depths of the field here but I still think I I think at the scale they're going for and trying to trying to do kind of what Masters of the Universe does it may I think it's reaching a little too far yeah I I I agree Uh, what do you think about what do you think about how it is structured like in these stretch goals I mean they've held off so So, uh, fans may be screaming to the stars for like the last couple stretch goals in there, like when we start getting into the the more human based pretenders. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about that strategy of like hold? I'm not going to say again. This is too strong to say they're holding those ideas hostage. They're it's their designs, but they are using them to push people into the stretch uh, goals to you know the to get to the human based pretenders. What do you think of that strategy? Yeah, I don't really see it as holding them hostage because I presume if this if the line is successful in general, those will be produced in time, but the goal they've set for now is enough to get the first two off the ground and if they should come into so much money through the course of this next month or two weeks uh, at the point we're at now, uh, if, if they take it that far, they'll be able to finance those at least sooner than originally planned. I don't, I don't really see it as holding hostage so much as, well, if you can, if all of you together contribute this much money, we can get these out to you sooner than they otherwise would be, but they're coming eventually anyway. So uh, as we kind of wrap up our discussion, XV, uh, first of all, what are your thoughts on, on the figures themselves and kind of what you've seen of them uh, from like a creative standpoint, from a toy standpoint, from an action figure standpoint, what do you, uh, how do you, do you like the line? What do you think of it? Well, they look okay. Um, yeah, I know some people are into like the really monstrous angle of some of this and for the pretender characters, it makes sense a little, but I think it's going a little bit too far into that. Um, like Desolator, Skullgrin was always some kind of, you know, goat man, demon monster, but there was like a cartoonishness about it that kind of gave it its identity. You know, this is trying to hit the same cues, but in a completely different style, which doesn't quite fit. But um, at least based on the 3D printed prototype they have pictures of on here, the basic build looks solid. And, you know, when you get some different accessories, different details on there, you know, there's stuff in here uh, in the concept art that's interesting to me. Um, I can't say I'm exactly a fan of what they're leading with, though. Yeah, I think uh, my opinion, my opinion is probably a little bit more, 
a little bit slightly more positive leaning towards funding this at uh, at some level. I do think I'll probably fund Desolator and then see see what I think of it. Um, not gonna go to level sixteen, sorry, <laughs> but um, but I agree there is something. It's not for everybody. It was never intended to be for everybody, and 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 every and every toy line out there doesn't have to relate to Transformers fans or even appeal to Transformers fans or appeal to everybody. But I do I, I do agree that the the spirit of of a skull grin um, is is somehow lost when it's translated fully to this kind of action figure hardcore. Um, just very you know straight down the middle interpretation of him as this kind of monstrous uh, masters of the universe style villain there's mm-hmm. there's something there's something lost in that translation he's become something else he is like you know he does look like he came from from masters of the universe not so much transformers there there is something that that didn't quite translate now that might be a good thing because obviously he doesn't come across as this clear kind of apples to apples um uh, third-party Skullgrin, if you will, he is clearly something different. They're all, I would, I would think, <clears throat> by the time we see them in 3D or in physical form, all of them are going to end up being like that. They're going to be far, uh, fairly removed from pretenders. But you know, hey, it's the it's the honest truth is to, uh, to a hardcore Transformers fan, that's probably not the best the best thing. Um, so. To wrap it up, XV, do you have any uh, final thoughts on the Kickstarter itself? Is there anything that we haven't covered on it that that you wanna that you wanna talk about or express? No, I, no, I think we pretty much hit it. Yeah, I think so too. I think, uh, like we said, guys, we're recording this uh, when the Kickstarter is fresh out of the gate, and by the time you hear this, the Kickstarter will be about halfway through. So I'm sure the I'm sure the uh, dollar amount will be very, very different. They may have they may have hit their goal by the time that you listen to this, but. Uh, our opinions uh, stand. Uh, we stand by them, and uh, you know, I think again, this is an this is an interesting evolution in Kickstarters that are targeted towards us. Um, if you look at so XV, like you mentioned, Bmog, mm-hmm. this is like Bmog on steroids. <laughs> this is crazy. In fact, one of the levels in this Kickstarter includes a free Bmog. I think it's like mm-hmm. level sixteen or something like that. Oh, it's a high level, yeah. As I, but hey, at least it's free. I mean, Trent's <laughs> yeah. throwing in a free BMOG with your like $5,000 pledge. Um, it's interesting, and, and we'll see how it goes. I, I don't, I, I would say, like, I can't imagine Kickstarters being bigger in scale than this, but I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if in a year or two from now there is one that's even bigger than this, you know? So, I want to thank. XV for uh, showing up on this episode of the Minicast. XV, thank you. Thank you. And I want to thank you guys for listening uh, to this episode of the Minicast. Until next week, we will see you around.